Support for this podcast is brought to you by Baby Happy's New Year's Celebration. Are you sick of watching the same old New Year's Eve celebrations on television every year? Are you looking for something new and exciting and possibly even dangerous? Join Baby Happy and Father Time as they ring in the new year by traveling through time itself. You won't need to sit through the same old pop songs and 90 singers anymore as they take you on a rollicking journey through the islands of New Year's past where you'll meet cavemen, knights, and maybe even Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer himself. And the Times Square fireworks have nothing on the fireworks you'll witness watching this celebration. So instead of spending all day in the cold this year, tune in to CBS at 8pm on December 31st to catch Baby Happy's New Year's celebration from the beginning. Have the hap-hap-happiest New Year. Enjoy the show! Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10am, Santa's coming to town! Oh my god! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic! I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Happy New Year, friends. You're listening to Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's dedicated to keeping the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year, even on New Year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. Wow, guys, Christmas was really intense. We had so much love from you guys, so many downloads and people listening to us over the uh, Christmas holiday. It was it was very encouraging. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. It was the best present. It was. And I got a lot of good presents from Santa Claus. <laughs> what was your favorite present? Oh, I don't even know. I got a lot of good stuff. Got books and Blu-rays and I got the illustrated Prisoner of Azkaban, so I was really happy about that. And I got and I got a history of magic. Oh, very nice. I got I bought Azkaban for myself, but Marty got me the first two illustrations. So my set as it is now is complete. I'm very excited. And mine too. Mine is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which they released illustrated as well. So I need to pick that up. Oh, they have an illustrated version of that one also? It just came up and I was flipping through it at the store and it's every beast in it is illustrated and looks really magical, guys. Okay, so my set is not complete, but it will be shortly. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Tom? I got an amazing backpack from my wife that a backpack slash diaper bag for the kiddo so I can have all my stuff and all her stuff and still look like a cool hipster dad. That's and, cool. <laughs> and I got some awesome lens attachments for my phone camera. So I got the fisheye, the wide angle, the macro lens. Cool. That's been playing with those And they're cool. You know what other book I got? What's you that? Got, I added it to my list after Julie recommended it, Lincoln in the Bardo. Oh, so yeah, you got Lincoln and the Bardo. That's great. Usually there are problems when writers of short fiction jump over to novels. It's, it's difficult. And I heard mm-hmm. a, an, an interesting interview, and I wish I could say who it was with, but they were saying that the problem is short fiction writers are such perfectionists. And when you have a short piece of fiction, it's easy to do. You can read it over 500 times and edit it, which you can't with a novel. But Lincoln and the Bardo is such a cool experimental work. It's not, it's not a, a, a typical piece of fiction. I'll be interested to see what you think, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. me too. Well, that's going to be the first one I read. I got a lot, so. Nice. Well, I think I we're uh, prolonging getting to this episode, guys, because I don't think any of us really want to do this special. <laughs> um, so for all of you who gave us the wonderful gift of downloads and support, we are going to pay you back with this movie. I'll leave it at that until we get further in. Julia, do you want to give us a plot synopsis? Sure. Following Santa's return from the famous Christmas Eve delivery headed by Rudolph, he gets a note from Father Time telling him that the baby New Year, Happy, is missing. Without him, the year can't end. The weather is still treacherous, foggy, and snowy, so there's only one reindeer for the job, Rudolph. On his way, he learns not everyone looking for Happy is looking for him for the right reasons, and he must find the baby before it's too late. 
Tom, your synopsis makes this movie sound a lot better than it actually is. It really yeah. does. <laughs> really difficult to write, guys. <laughs> well, good job. It'll be the bright, shining moment. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, what's your history with this movie? <clears throat> My history with this movie, like all the Rankin-Bass movies, I remember seeing this as a child. I don't remember watching it every year, but I watched it enough where um, certain certain characters in this film and certain songs stuck with me and instantly came back when I was watching it again today. I don't watch it yearly. I know I've seen it as an adult before, but it's just so forgettable to me in a lot of respects. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like this movie. And I was due for a downer because I graded all the other Christmas television specials we've done really high. So I was due for one I didn't like. I can appreciate them trying to do something with the New Year plot since New Year's is title is tied so closely to Christmas. But um, they failed. This movie was boring and just played bad to me. And uh, we'll get into reasons why in a bit. How about you guys? Like all of the other Rankin-Bass specials, I don't remember when I first saw it. Um, but watching it now, today, that I watched it, I don't remember lots of these parts. So I kind of wonder if maybe I've never seen it in its entirety. And probably because if I didn't enjoy sitting through it today, I'm pretty sure my parents did not enjoy sitting through it when I was a kid. So today may have been the first time I've seen it in its in its whole form be what it is. And I just have to apologize for this because Tom recommended a lot of the bad movies we've watched so far, but this one was all me and I apologize to (laughs) our listeners and to both of you. Um, Well, it's a a perfect theme for this week. Um, I'd seen this movie as a kid. It's not one that I have... I think I, I think this may be my first time to ever actually watch it in its entirety. Honestly, it's going to be my last. I agree. And so just real quick to get it out of the way, we're dealing with the same people that we, we, we've dealt with in other Rankin-Bass films. Obviously, it's directed by Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass, hence Rankin-Bass. And the writer for it, again, is Romeo Miller. Um, so it's, it does feel familiar with the other movies. But let's just discuss the plot. It's a really dumb plot. It's a dumb plot it's like and again i said it i just said it but i can appreciate them trying something different like trying to do like a new year's story because new year's is so close to christmas it makes sense that they might try it but they failed i don't know i i feel like i could pull a million different new better ideas for stories about new year's starring rudolph out of my head right now without even thinking about it than they did with this one it was just so bad it was and so they're they're introducing us to this world which um is parallel to the world that we met in rudolph the right the rankin bass rudolph movie we see virtually nobody from the last film save Rudolph and Santa. And we're introduced to all these new random characters that I don't really understand how they fit into this world. Um, I have virtually no attachment to anybody they present because... When you, when you say you don't understand how they fit into this world, do you mean like, the New Year's characters themselves? Because a lot of the people they pick up along the way are supposed to be historical characters, but... Yeah, they... but like... Okay, so for example, we end up with... I mean, like, we're pulling in stuff from fairy tales we're pulling in time we're pulling in historical figures it doesn't work and then there's this whole new mythology built around with characters like quarter past five and general ticker and eon this this conniving evil bird i mean i just don't get it i and and trying to introduce all of these characters and expecting us to again the historical figures okay but they still don't really I don't really understand how they fit in with this New Year story of trying to find this wayward baby. I, don't I know, feel Julie. like they could have done it alone with Father Time and Baby New Year and maybe some kind of villain like Eon. They didn't need to bring the rest of them in. Could, ha- could Father Time not have had the weird random orange hair in the front? <laughs> I, yeah, what's up with gingers too? Did Rankin and Bass just really love gingers? Because they're all, I mean, I love gingers also. but Were, like, were they ginger? I wonder. That's kind of what I wonder. Or does it read the best on a puppet figure? You know what I mean? Like maybe red is the most vibrant of colors of all their choices and they just chose. I don't know, but there's got to be a redhead in one of them. So my issue with this movie and honestly with some of the 
Trippier Rankin Bass movies is that they never take the path of least resistance ever. They throw in like 50 different plot lines to get from A to B, and I don't understand why. Or who at the who at the drafting table when they're thinking the story up would ever think that was a good idea? <laughs> this movie kind of boggled my brain a little bit. You know what and really I also bothered me? My happy level of Rankin Bass is not three in the span of four weeks. Yes. I like mine in small okay, bites, apparently. But this one is just above and beyond for me. You know what really bothered me about this movie? This was supposed to happen. This movie started, it was supposed to start the same night Rudolph the Rendo's Reindeer ended, right? Right. So they couldn't get the same Santa puppet back. <laughs> yeah. And- and they couldn't get the same Rudolph puppet. Like they de-aged him. He didn't have his antlers or I don't know. I, I don't know get why they went back in time on his aging. That was such a weird choice. The animation. So, okay. Well, if we have to say anything good at this point, I think, right. It's not characters, it's a plot, but they have come a long way, even from Santa Claus is coming to town with their skill in the actual stop animation. In the, in the execution? Fluid. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. very impressed by that. I love it whenever there's water in one of these stop animations, like the whale's water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always think that's very pretty. Well, and this film was 1976, right? Right. So at least in the main uh, Santa continuity of these films, there was a film in between this and Santa Claus is Coming to, da- to Town, and that was The Year Without a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So they had a film in between to perfect it even more. Yeah. And the Santa puppet in this one was the puppet from the year without a Santa Claus. So It was. As, apart from the new Santa, the, the not having the same Santa from, from the original Rudolph and the new Rudolph claymation figurine, they look better. Mm-hmm. This looks a lot better and more. And the movement is a lot more grown up. So they did, like Julia said, they did evolve quite a bit over this. 12 years since they did the last one, but Muller. I, I feel like they were just out of ideas at this point, right? This was one of the last ones. There's only one after it. So I think they just gave uh, Romeo some acid and said, do yeah. this and give us a movie. Yeah. There must be tons of acid involved in this one. It just, it's so uncomfortable. It gave me feelings I don't want to have with a Christmas movie. I just, so I, I look at this movie as missed opportunities because they visited some islands in this film that we didn't get to see. And I kind of wish that we got characters from those, from those islands based on the, t- the years they went. Like 1965, Rudolph stated that the island was too noisy to search for happy. And that was the year Beatlemania had erupted around the world and everything was about the Beatles. So could you imagine John Lennon joining Rudolph on his quest to save happy the baby new year? Uh, That would make me hate it even more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've shared with you guys. I have a vehement hatred of the Beatles. Do you really? I love the Beatles. Oh, I love the Beatles too. Most overrated you, band of all time. Second most overrated band of all time, U2. No. Uh, do, you like, do you like the Rolling Stones? I'm ambivalent. I prefer okay. the Stones over the Beatles. I love both well, of them. So I feel like that's the argument, right? Like you're either a Beatles person or you're a Stones person. And I, I just wondered. I feel like we're going to get some strong comments from our United Kingdom listeners to this little <laughs> tangent Tom. you know all they need to do is just provide us with some better musicians and we wouldn't have to tear them apart all the time <laughs> <laughs> they did they did redeem themselves in the 90s though the spice Today, girls you- oasis <laughs> oasis <laughs> <laughs> that is my single favorite song to karaoke wonderwall oh yes because it's so easy to impersonate Liam's voice in such a fun way with the nasal. I love it. Do you want to give us a taste? That and Blink-182. What? Give us a Ad- taste. Adam's song or which one from Blink? Um, uh, Miss You? Is that the okay. one it's called? Yeah. 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 No, I don't want to give you a taste. <laughs> Buy me a karaoke machine and I'll give you a taste of what that sounds like. <laughs> Christmas is over. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> Put a pin this in ma- it. 
If Guys, one day if we ever all meet up, we should go to a karaoke bar <gasps> together. I love to karaoke. Me too. Me three. So that would be so much fun. We should make our spouses horribly uncomfortable and take them to a karaoke bar together. Oh, Drew. Marty would yeah. die. So he would sir. go. He'd be so like, sir. Well, sounds like something I'll stay home for. <laughs> people singing out loud in front of other people. I'm good. I have no shame. And I have no shame when it comes to karaoke at all. Oh, no. That's how you my, do it well. My awful That's singing is, no, is in no way <laughs> from taking <laughs> my heart out. <laughs> Okay, so we're digressing again to get away from this. Thing. <laughs> I, I think our digressions will be welcome this episode. I do too. I do too. <laughs> Let's discuss characters, and I'm going to go out of order from what I um, I have them uh, in our in our outline here, organized by voice actor. Which honestly, aside from Red Skelton, we don't have a lot of people to talk about here mm-hmm. as far as voice actors go. Frank, Frank Gorshin. He's from Batman, Batman right? The Riddler. He was the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you, we've got him. He's pretty amazing. He played uh, opposite Adam West, so that's a pretty big accomplishment in life. And we mentioned Paul Freese last episode. That we did we talk about Paul Freese. He was the Burgermeister, Meister Burger, and Santa Claus has come to town amongst yeah. a storied voice acting career. But we've also got, I mean, Billy Mae Richards played Rudolph again. Sans the annoying nose noise. I was happy for that. Oh, I like the nose noise. I missed that. Not, you missed the original nose noise? Yeah. You did? The glowing. Mm, yeah, yeah like right. I thought you didn't like that when we talked to Rudolph. Or maybe no, we No, I, I like you did That was me. Oh, no. I ha- Okay, yeah. Well, I did not miss the annoying nose noise. I felt like it was very missed, especially after they get buried alive and his nose somehow uh, glows through the snowball and he breaks out because of it. Anyway. Yeah, that's another annoying break of continuity there. So the, the, apparently the nose is heat as well, which is a new addition. But as far as the actors go, again, this is the same Santa, but he's somehow better as a person. And this goes back to my whole theory that Rankin Bass was trying to retcon how Santa was portrayed in Santa Claus, uh, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He's a lot better in this one. He was. He, uh, it's the same one from The Year Without Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And it was slightly uh, updated from Santa Claus has Come to Town. They made his cheeks rosier and... Made him a little fatter. Red Skelton as Father Time. His voice was nice. He made it, it made a nice sound for narration. It should only stand to reason since he was in radio for like 4 million years. Mm-hmm. So I have a question about Father Time. That really bothered me. Did they his give... terrible facelift? Was it his awful facelift? Was it that weird... A, a plot question hair? about him. A plot question. Oh. Is, is there... Did they give a reason why he couldn't go searching for Baby New Year himself? I think the weather was prohibitive. He's father time, which makes me wonder. The weather gets in his way. How and haven't that? we already established Mother Nature? Well, we didn't cover the movie yet, but Year Without a Santa Claus came out before this. And you know, we had Mother Nature in that, and we know she's shown sympathy towards Santa Claus and his plight. So yeah. none of that made sense to me. No. That's what we get for covering these movies out of order, by the way. So we get Rudolph, 1965, or 64, and this movie alludes to that back with, you know, I mean, they make reference to when it was was originally aired. And it was in present time. It wasn't like some movie from, you know, it wasn't a story from 100 years ago. What did these people do before Rudolph to deal with bad weather? I just can't imagine this would have been the first time they ever had snow. Yeah, I don't get it. The snow that I saw... I've seen worse snow here in Tulsa than they had. And it's a lot of pressure on Rudolph. Santa Claus said to him at one point, Rudolph, once again, the happiness of all the children in the world depends on you. Like you're putting, in, <laughs> you're putting that on that reindeer? Why, is, why do children's happiness depend on New Year? I mean, yeah, I, I get it. New, I Year, New Year was never a thing for me, so I don't really understand. Uh-uh. It's a day I, of I marathons just, for me. TV marathons, not running marathons. Oh, you I'm no scared me for a second, Julia. No, I'm no crazy person. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, New, New, New York Discovery Channel, most dangerous animals in Australia marathons. New York is big on New Year, so it was always a big deal for me. We just get these weird characters, the Eon, the evil vulture. I Again, feel like if they made this today, Gary Shandling would have voiced him before Gary Shandling died. Oh, he was such an annoying character. What a great 
vulture voice, Gary Shandling. He'd be so apathetic in one note. <laughs> he really I love Gary Shandling. I'm a big Gary Shandling fan. So this weird <laughs> vulture I'm supposed to have that everybody has some concept of, but we had no, nothing, no idea of. And really, I don't understand what his role in creation is or why it matters that he's going to go away or was ever in existence. And, you know, you live in Eon. It's time to move on and let somebody else have their... Uh, have their- <laughs> you outlived got, you got your welcome at an Eon. Were there any side characters you liked? Uh, General Ticker annoyed the crud out of me the whole time. Oh, I liked, my gosh. I liked Big Ben, the whale. He was the only one I semi- semi-liked out of all of them. He, he was, was boring. Uh, but... He well, was he was boring, but at least he wasn't annoying like the rest of them. Like when I look at when I look he wasn't at my, annoying. That's when I look at my aquatic characters in Christmas movies. I expect everybody now to match up with the, the narwhal. Yeah, um, definitely didn't happen. And I really highly question Rudolph when a whale pops up and says, "Good my mouth," and he's like, "Okay," <laughs> and walks right in. oh man okay so i don't know what the line was right after when rudolph is like maybe i should ride on top instead of inside but i was just that was she that's what she said that's what she said that's what she said that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) thought about you a few times there anthony i'm glad that dirty (laughs) immature humor reminds you of me it does. <laughs> Good old Michael Scott. Let me tell you. Just a reminder. With my mug tonight. World's best boss. World's best boss. <laughs> Just a Only reminder. two episodes till we get to that one, by the way. I'm excited. That's what I was going to remind the listeners of to stick with us and, and make it past this. I know after Christmas, all Christmas podcasts get a big dip, and I'm afraid this one may, <laughs> may cause that cliff to go a little more steep. <laughs> We have good stuff coming, guys, I promise. We do. Um, we get back to the live-action theatrical-type films next week. Like Office Christmas Party, right? Like uh, off- yeah, no, that's right. That's what it's called? Okay, I haven't seen it yet. And, yeah, so next year we will, because Julie had a good point, we will not schedule all the animated ones back-to-back like this. Or just get better animated ones back-to-back. I'm okay with that option, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point, too. I was at a din- just as a side note, guys. I was at a friend's house for dinner tonight, and someone told me that she listens to our podcast and requested that we do Bad Santa. I'm okay with that. I'm not sure I'm comfortable discussing 97% of what's in that movie. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's one, though, we're going to have to hit, whether it's next year or two years from now. Actually, it's going to come up. Oh, I have some uh, list additions as well. Oh, I do too. I have li- I have Hallmark list editions. Oh, I have real life movie list editions. Like, like that I have. Well, is Serendipity on our list? John Cusack. Yeah. I didn't know that was a Christmas movie. I don't remember it. <laughs> That's I think a good one for the debate. Is this a Christmas movie or is this not? Also, while you were sleeping. I love that movie. Okay, that was it. Is that the Sandra Bullock one? Yep. Yes, it is. I love Andy Sandy B movie guys. I'm up for it. You too. So um, I think we should add those and stir up that debate. A so bit. I was thinking of other themed months we could do. Like we were saying how January should kind of be like a back to work type one, mm-hmm. which is why we're doing Office Christmas Party in the Office. And we were doing bad sequels at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, we should do another hall. We should do a whole month of Hallmark movies, like just four in a row. Like I was just thinking like we should do other themed months. So I'm going to go on and say this for all of our listeners out there because it got a lot of bad rap this year. I did not hate The Christmas Prince. I didn't see it. Yeah. It's formulaic, but it's not, it, for what it is, it's not bad at all. It's overly schmaltzy, but they acknowledge the schmaltiness in it. Okay, back to this crappy movie. Which, yeah, let's finish this up because I feel like talking about what's coming up is going to be better than talking about this movie. <laughs> so, any other characters we want to discuss? Yes. Uh, I want to talk about Sir Ten Twenty Three for a minute because I'm confused about him and his whole island. So it's a fairy tale island, but everyone else is supposed to be a historical figure from an actual point in time, and all of a sudden we have fairy tales living amongst them as well. That just bothered the. That's what the I mean. Out of me. Movie doesn't make sense. It's just it's it, there's no continuity in the film. And the three bears. 
We're fright- a little a little frightening to me. Papa Bear was. Why is he there? Because I think he was asking us sarcastically, but Weird Christmas had some questions on our Twitter about this film. We give a good shout out to Craig. He had some questions when we were like, well, this is the film we're going to cover tonight. And he wants to know, why can't Sir 1023 ever take off his helmet? Why is Rudolph so much more competent in this movie than his when supposedly only a few days have passed? Why are fairy tale people in a historical world? Why does Happy seem like a little punk sometimes? Okay, Happy was a little punk. He annoyed everything out of me. He really did. <laughs> he did. It's this horrible situation. Santa didn't blame Happy for how awful it was. He just told Rudolph he had to save it. Yeah, he said, Rudolph, you have six days to... Like, he didn't give him a choice. I would have been like, you know what? You just apologized for how you treated me because of my disability or my deformity or whatever you want to call it. And now you want me to save the world again? Bye. I'm taking a vacation. (laughs) Okay, about that. Rudolph saved Christmas, right? Santa couldn't do anything without him. Why did Rudolph need Santa's sleigh to appear to make it to, to, like, why was that necessary? How did Santa get there in the storm without him? Why didn't Rudolph bring Herbie and Yukon Cornelius on his little adventure for some help to begin with? I don't get it. I don't get it. This movie, the more I think about it, infuriates me. It makes no sense. You can say what you want about Rudolph and Santa Claus is coming into town and how acid trippy those films could be at times, but at least... Generally speaking, most of them made sense, as crazy and outlandish as they got. This one doesn't make sense within the confines of its own story, and that is unforgivable to me. So, thank you, Weird Christmas. We can honestly say we have no idea. Craig, it makes no sense to us either. While we're talking about Weird Christmas, guys, if you missed it during the Christmas season, I highly recommend you go check out Craig's podcast. Um, he covers just what the podcast name implies. It's Weird Christmas. Well, other characters I don't think that knight could take his helmet off because then his head would disappear and his beard would go with it. And wait, are we supposed to believe that Humpty Dumpty cracked himself because he fell off the wall laughing so hard at Happy and then all the king's horses and men couldn't stop laughing to put him back together again? So Happy just causes destruction everywhere he goes. Happy, the bringer of death and destruction. <laughs> let's just t- let's just jump to the musical numbers real quick. I think there's a re- I'm gonna okay. We'll list them, but I'm gonna go ahead and say preemptively. There's a reason none of these have ever been on anybody's Christmas canon. <laughs> we open up with the Have a Happy New Year. This um, one is so bad, but it's got freaking stuck in my head for some reason. You know, it's that's just the, the annoying tune. The moving figure, finger rights. It's a scary title. <laughs> Wait, which one was that one? Sorry. It's the one song by Father Time, and it goes, the moving finger rights and having right moves on. You can't hold back the clock. It just ticks on and on. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about we just list them all, and if anybody has anything to say about them, Turn Back the Years was just I mean, terrible. Uh, what it gets to, it's Raining Sunshine. That one was catchy at least. It sucked, but the tune was like an earworm. It had a it had a nice cadence and sound. Yeah, and I and I know this is me saying this because of the context. I think it was the least awful one in the movie. You know what the least awful one for me was? Can I just say it? Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, and I'll say that's my positive in the film. I actually liked that animated recap sequence of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer until you see Santa because the heat just looked weird. By weird, I think you mean sexy. <laughs> no, he looked like the Santa Claus from Twas the Night Before Christmas with the mice, and that <laughs> is my least favorite animated Santa Claus ever, but we'll get to that one day. Then we get onto what a wonderful world we live in, and the whole concept of this movie does not make me feel like I'm living a wonderful world. Mm-mm. With what I see happening, it just does not seem wonderful. Fourth uh, of July parade. We're, we're mixing too many holidays here. We've got Rudolph and New Year and Fourth of July. And I feel like every holiday that's not mentioned in this movie is probably getting, you know, the shaft. And then we end with Have a Little Faith in Me, which it was like the moving finger rights. I had to go back and actually look it up on YouTube to see what it was because I, I did not remember it like two minutes later. <laughs> I was definitely using the whole 15 second advance button. Overall likes and dislikes. 
I don't think we have much left to say. It's I, I liked the opening of this film where he kind of took the same melody from Rudolph to start off the film. That annoyed me. I liked it. Because I'll, the, ju- I'll just read the quote. He was like, in father time for he, he, he started off the movie by singing. I'm going to read it. But he said, you know, Rudolph who guided and pulled Santa's sleigh and who saved Christmas by lighting the way. But there's more to tell. Rudolph saved the new year as well. I like that. I was like, okay, that's the high point of the film for me. I wish they had done a different tune to it. Because the, the lyrics just, the lyrics to Rudolph are so iconic and classic. And again, this is just non-memorable. And it had nothing to do with it. I mean, Red Skelton, Red Skelton. sounded wonderful. His voice was, and I, again, I will say as far as things go, and we're looking at, and we're discussing narrators, his narrating voice was wonderful. Most of the voices were wonderful. They had, I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think given what they had, they could have done much better. I'll say this, if I'm going to try to pick out a positive, it's... That's my um, final positive thought. <laughs> it's like, uh, I like Rudolph's pep talk with happy at the end, how you just kind of have to accept your differences and not get people, not care about people laughing at you and just find the positive in yourself and just believe in yourself like that. I thought that was a nice message, but that's... Uh, positive as I'll get. Um, I'm going to say one more thing that I found really annoying. When they told him what was going on with Happy and he's like, poor Happy, I bet they were making fun of him. I'm like, you know, I bet they picked on him and made fun of him and called him names. I'm like, okay, we've already been through this. This is the same story. It's overcoming your difference and doing what you, you know, reaching your full capability, being who you, being all that you can be. I just felt like we already done it. And that goes back to what I said earlier, right? I feel like at this point, this was, a, I think, the second to last Rankin Bass okay, fair, holiday yeah, film. So he was running out of uh, ideas. This didn't need to happen. But I like. I feel like if they wanted to, again, it all comes down to. I. It all. Come, we've had this discussion with Santa's sleigh, right? Any general concept in the hands of a good writer and a good director can turn out to be a good film but they just miss the mark here on every level julia do you have any favorite quotes scenes or overall likes and dislikes since anthony and i've been rambling now i have no favorite quotes no favorite scenes um i can appreciate the attention to geography in this movie i mean shoot they're in the arctic they're in the ocean the desert <laughs> islands there's every meteorological phenomena rain snow (laughs) if we want to pull harry potter into this i'm not gonna lie when i heard the narrator talk about archipelagos right the first thing in my head was it's not archipelago it's archipelago (laughs) they mispronounced it it's archipelago yeah but they said i know it drove me (laughs) really annoyed as a as a history person, I did, like I said before, I liked the little Easter eggs of Rudolph say uh, what Rudolph said about all the other islands they visited, but we didn't see. So he said, "1893, never heard of him. Him being happy, and 1893 was the, a big economic crash in the U.S. So everyone, it was called the Panic of 1893. So none of them would be happy. So they never heard of happy." Uh, 1492 was too busy discovering things even to talk to us, so Christopher Columbus. Mm. 1965 was too noisy. Beatlemania swept the world. And all 4,000 BC could think about was building pyramids and that was <laughs> obvious. So I did, I did like those little as a history geek, uh, that little, those little Easter eggs. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't like this movie. Oh, I did like the the map of all the islands. That was it looked it looked clever and fun to me. The map that had like four islands on it, and then he lists off another five that we didn't get to see. So did he just discover those five other islands? Uh, no, uh, fourteen ninety two did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we taught we every time. We covered a Christmas movie so far that Chris Columbus, the director, was associated with. Tom made a Chris Columbus historical joke. And here is one in which 
Chris Columbus could have been a main character, but Rudolph didn't take him along. So thanks, Rudolph. <laughs> Let's talk about, is this a Christmas movie and does it pass the Linus test? I would say no on both counts. It had a moral lesson, but I don't think it passed the Linus test. No. Julia, Christmas movie? No. No way, no how is this a Christmas movie. It's just which a terrible sh- movie. Which we should have known going into it, given the title, that it probably was not going to be a Christmas movie. I'm going to push back there, because I think there could, like, there are some movies about New Year's that are very Christmassy, and that's because they're so close together, but this one was not. It did not have, it did not have any Christmas feels at all. No, nope. Mm-mm. Not a one. So final thoughts and rankings. <laughs> uh, I didn't love this movie. If that was uh, missed by anybody at all, I apologize. I tried to make that as clear as possible. Um, again, it has not been part of my canon. And it will not be part of my canon. For not just Christmas, but any sort of movie I watch in my home. Julia? Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's boring. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's all the benefits of an acid trip without actually having to do acid. <laughs> I'm not a fan. What about you? No. Of, of the movie or acid? <laughs> um, neither. I'm not a fan of either. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like this movie. This movie bored me. There you go. If anyone's in here writing in, well, you went too easy on all the Rinkin' Bass films. No, I don't like this movie. <laughs> I just have, We just happened to schedule all the ones that I liked near one another. But I don't like this movie. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this one again. I mean, if there's literally nothing else on TV, I may put it on. Like, if it's on TV and there's literally nothing else on, I can see myself putting it on if I'm doing dishes or something and it's just in the background as noise. But, yeah, I'm never going to go out of my way to watch it. So, yeah, I don't like it. All right. I am going to jump in with rankings and uh, go first. I am going to put this right there with Santa Slay as a point five. It's a different list. I know, but I'm going. I'm comparing oh. them. Like, I know it's a different list. But I'm looking at them as both equally as bad. Okay. So this is a Santa sleigh of the other list for you. Uh, surprisingly, it feels less Christmassy than Santa sleigh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. So I guess the real question is, do we even rank this movie if it's not a Christmas movie? We ranked Batman Returns, so yes. Accurate. Okay, that's true. Yeah. We've had this discussion. We've gone through this. Julia, where do you rank it? Uh, 0.05. Ooh. I'm going to give it a... Yeah. No, why? Because why? I was just going to say, I'll give it a credit for the skill it takes to do stop animation. I got to recognize that, and that's where it is. Yeah, that's that's why, yeah. I'm going to give it a one. And that was the one point, because I like stop animation and how much work and credit goes to all of that so one so can i tell you real quick what my six-year-old said about these movies mm-hmm. when he I saw would love that to i was that. watching yeah when he saw that i was watching this one on my phone today he saw it and he's like oh it's another one of those freaky puppet movies <laughs> and i'm like you think they're freaky and he's like when i look at them they make me like <clears throat> feel really weird inside to a point where i can't close my eyes at night <laughs> I'm like, good God, man. <laughs> They're not that scary. You so have I, a poet on your hands. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, wanna, I wanna go off that for a second and say two things. One, when I showed these movies to my friends in England when I was over there, so people who didn't grow up with it but were like, you know, college age, just out of college, they were freaked out, like by the way the eyes moved and everything like that. They were just really freaked out. But two I want us to recall back in our very first episode when we were just talking Christmas in general and things, I asked you both, do you think these films still hold up? Because my boss's children don't like them. And the answer both of you gave were, was basically, I think it depends on how they're grow- how 
you know, the parent and how they're being raised. But it yeah. sounds like, you know, it just, they just may not hold up in general with the newer generation. At least judging by what you just said. So I've been surprised my, by my kids' reactions watching them lately. Well, can I ask you a question, Julia, though, about that? So you didn't bring your kids up on, like, Rudolph, like, when they were younger or anything like that? Uh-uh. No, it was just an if it's on, mm-hmm. we would watch it. Okay. Um, so I would be curious, then, if, Tom, you showed Ellie Rudolph, for example, like, the original really young, if she would grow up to appreciate it more than julia's do now having seen it a little later on so i talked to my mom a little bit about that um Mm -hmm. and my nephew who is about who is 13 um which means he's just too cool for everything right now yeah um he grew up watching these because my mom loves rudolph and he's not a fan still Hmm. interesting so i think maybe they uh they don't stand the test of time Which is weird, though. It's weird, because when we go back to our talk with Brian, literally, they will show these at night on major networks in prime time still every year, because there's still a ratings draw. You look at social media, they're trending on Twitter, people are checking in, watching them on Facebook. But with baby boomers, I mean, if you think about the people that saw them originally, that's a massive amount of people. You know, all honesty... If when Rudolph's on, um, even though I, I, like I said, I don't love it, there's just a real nostalgia factor for watching it on primetime. Yeah, there really is. Um, yeah, there really is. I'll probably still turn it on, and I would, I would tweet about watching it. No, it's just interesting to me. That's all. No, no. So I'm saying I think, I think uh, even though it may not hold up as a form for entertainment, it, it holds a serious nostalgia factor for a lot of people including people who may not actually love the film, but they like, like people like me who like the idea of it a lot more than they actually like the mo- the films. So I wonder then why it was like, why the three of us until we started watching it critically, <laughs> we're looking forward to covering them and, you know, talked about really liking them. Well, you like every, your kids then, for example, every don't. bit of it, Every bit of it for me was nostalgia. And, um, no, no, I get that. But like, yeah, like your 13-year-old nephew, you said? But then he has no nostalgia. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Um, anyway, sorry. He doesn't, share, he doesn't share the love for Christmas that my mom and I have either. I think that may be a little bit of demon possession. I don't know. That's the only reason I could think a kid wouldn't love, absolutely love and adore Christmas. It's got to be demons. Demon possession, 13-year-old. I don't know. They look a lot like each other. <laughs> um, hold on. So that brings this movie in by far at our lowest TV movie. Our second lowest is Rudolph at 7.5. This came in at 0.52. Wow. And that is actually our lowest ranking of anything thus far. On either list. On either list. Um, so I'm a little, I don't know. I feel like such a Grinch, guys, giving all these Rankin-Bass movies such low. Just go to Hallmark. There's, there are Hallmark ornaments for Rankin-Bass stuff on every shelf and there every year. And, and they go, too. They sell. That's why they, they keep making them. They sell every year. They sell every year. I mean... Maybe people like the idea of the characters more because they're associated with like well-known and well-beloved songs. Maybe. That, um, you know, it just happens that they're also, that the most common image in people's minds are the ranking bass images of them. I'm also really surprised that uh, as I look at this list, as we round it off, um, Ooh, how about we do a, a year-end recap on how we feel the lists are and, and what surprises we had. My reflections... I am really surprised when I look at the TV specials. I did not think at the end of the year I would be looking and I would have ranked The Grinch and Charlie Brown and Santa Claus is Coming to Town all above Rudolph. I would have, when we started this, I would have said Rudolph was going to be my top Christmas special. No doubt. No, no question. Hands down. Um, and nothing was going to compete with it ever. So I'm really surprised to see that not being the case. Yeah, I'm surprised by the TV special rankings, too. Though, like, when you look at the averages, Rudolph is low, but Charlie Brown, The Grinch, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town came in, I think, right. I'm surprised about that, though. I, I didn't really expect The Grinch to come in that high, to be honest. 
but it held up a lot better than I thought it did when, when looked at critically. Yeah. I wonder how much of that had to do with the fact we put it up against the live action. You know, like especially me and Tom, we were maybe, I, I don't know. I just wonder how it would have been if it was its own episode and if we weren't fueled by Jim Carrey hate. Quest- yeah. What's what's better in the long run? Oh, well, the TV special is so much better. So let me let that influence my rating. Not that I don't love it. I, I think it, I think it would have still ranked really high, though. There's something about that animated special. So last night when we got back to town after you know a long day at relatives house, we stopped in at the local bar and the animated Grinch is playing on TV on NBC. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice sitting there with a the drink and watching it at the bar with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people that's nice did everybody start spontaneously singing the who song at the end a few people did a did they really literally did nice. did they so really happy. yep <laughs> um good to me i mean that's where i would have put of everything in from the get-go now if that's not where i will put everything on the tv specialist but. well but i'm not as as big on you know Rudolph as y'all were initially either. So I was pleasantly surprised with how high Mrs. Santa Claus ranked. I didn't think you guys would drink it that high going into it. So that made me really happy. Um, I was surprised that, it, that a movie I'd never heard of that was just an obscure Hallmark, Hallmark made, for TV, made for TV movie from 1996 would be so endearing to me. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised given how we talked about A Nightmare Before Christmas before we recorded that episode, how low it ranked. Not that it's low in the scheme of things. I expected you guys to rank it higher. And I expected Casey to rank it higher too. But I'm I happy too. with where it is. Um, all in all, I'm happy with our list in general. Me too. Like legit. I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm happy. We'll uh, tweet out a link to the list, guys, so y'all can go look and have a, a recap and, and a reminder of where all of these fell. So I'm meh about the list. You're meh? I'm meh. He's bitter. Arthur Christmas should be lower. Yeah. The Grinch should be higher. Oh, The Grinch is a terrible movie that has no place. Anyway, I, I, rep- I judging from polls, I represent the popular vote, and you two are the electoral college. Just saying. <sighs> That's the meanest thing you ever said to me, Anthony. <laughs> I, I would have been so I wouldn't have been so offended bef- about that before November 2016, but now that just that just hits me right in the in the heart, dude. <laughs> so speaking of Arthur Christmas, real quick, can I say how happy I have been with Freeform's uh, shows this me? season? Me too, although it's a movie we haven't done yet, but I'm a little angry how much one movie got a lot of airtime. Which one? The Polar Express. Oh, I didn't, maybe I just didn't catch it at the right time, but I probably only saw it like three times. But so. but the ones they played a lot, the Santa Claus, National yeah. Lampoon, Elf, I was thrilled. Every time I caught them on TV, I was like, yes, okay. Yeah, it's like the Holy Grail right yep. there at the top. Holy Trinity. I was yep. very happy with that. Very, very happy with that. I was still very annoyed that the Santa Claus 3 always came on after the Santa Claus because I was like, show number two. Yeah. They yeah, are all on Netflix this year. Yay. All I three. That made me very happy. Um, although I will tell you, I only watched two of them. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> I think the third one will be fun to cover. I don't like it for the record, but I think it'll be fun to cover just because it's another one we all are very low on. I don't like, Never mind. I won't say that yet. We'll, we'll save that for the episode. I'll get into all of that. Why I, I know exactly like what you're going to say. He did that on purpose. Yeah, I know he did. I knew he did. I knew he did. Tom the Trolls out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I'm really happy because I have the results of a poll that we put up on Twitter (laughs) over the course of this past week. We asked to put our lingering debate about Christmas and Hollis to bed so we can start 2018 afresh. So we asked, is it a good Christmas song? And the results couldn't be more clear. Now let me preface this by saying 
the reason we did this poll again was because the first time we asked was two episodes in when we barely had any listeners. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, so so many people turned out for the Grinch poll. I was like, we should do it again because we are more established and have a set amount of listeners each week. So we did. We asked, is Christmas and Hollis a good Christmas song? So 14% said, absolutely not. 25% said, it's okay, not good, not bad. And an overwhelming 61% said, yes, absolutely it is. So because Anthony said, oh, you know what? We did this once and I didn't like the results. Well, here's my logic for not liking these. Everybody who has a decent respect for Christmas and loves their family was probably not hanging out on Twitter. And I don't feel like we got a fair representation of true Christmas lovers. You know what, Tom? I thought we were going to put this to bed. But if you want the third time to be the char, we can do this again. Or we can can move on. I think I'll bring it up again uh, over the summer. You know what? Bring it, okay? Because you know what this is? This is a conspiracy against free and fair elections. I'm the popular vote. These two are the electoral college and trying to undermine both my victories, the Grinch and Christmas and Hollis. So you know what? You want to go this undemocratic route? That's fine. Uh, we already had a democratic route, and you... Well, yeah, when, when, when you voted to... <laughs> when we had two people listening to the show? Okay. Okay. Uh, well, you know, um, to be honest, I forgot about the poll and I didn't share it but one time. Well. Because I was too busy with my family. Well, you know what? I only shared it. I, sh- I, I kept sharing it and then I realized every time I shared it, I got another no vote. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to share it. And guys, be listen- speaking of next year, um, we're working on a few more collaborations with other Christmas podcast hosts. So uh, be sure to pay attention to social media and listen to the podcast to see what we're, what we're working on. Uh, we're a little early to announce anything, but it's going to be fun. So I have a question for you guys and for our listeners out there. I want to know, how do you deal with the post-Christmas blues? Once all the lights come down and the radio starts playing, stops playing the music and the specials and movies on TV end, how do you get through the rest of the long winter and just get past all of that? Because... The stuff isn't coming down for like another, probably another five days, January 6th. Usually that's when the city anyway starts taking things down. So, and I'm already starting to feel a little depressed that it's all wrapping up. So how do you guys get through like January, I guess, the next few weeks after it? Well, I, I'm one of those January 6th people. I keep the traditional 12 days of Christmas. So our lights, our trees up. Um, the radio's already stopped playing Christmas music. But um, I use Spotify, so it never ends for me. Um, and also, for those of you wondering, Netflix still has a bunch of Christmas movies. Hulu still has a bunch of Christmas stuff. So um, I keep it going as long as possible. Um, and then I have no real solution. I just get down in the dumps. I don't really have a good coping mechanism. Julia, do you have any wise words? Well, no, I'm in the exact same place that Tom is, except for now, I feel like a really good coping mechanism is this podcast for us because we get to keep talking about Christmas all year, like with purpose. So I'm looking forward to a bright and shiny new year of not being as sad as I usually am. Wait, you mean may your new year be shiny or whatever Rudolph said at the end of that movie? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah this podcast will be great and and reddit reddit christmas reddit yeah i'll be a lot more involved on there i'm just glad we have some funny stuff funny uh content coming up maybe that'll lighten the mood but because it's already uh getting to me and it didn't help that we had such a downer episode this week (laughs) well i think our next couple of weeks should be a little better right Right, Julia? Yeah, so next week, we are going to review the movie Office Christmas Party, which I've not seen, so I'm excited. And do you want to tell them what we're doing the week after as well, just to get people really still listening, if this episode really got them down in the dumps? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the week after that one, we are going to be reviewing the Office TV show, Christmas American version. American version, yes. 
I am like stupid excited about that one. I am so excited. I feel I have to work out the structure for the episode because I feel like we're going to want to spend a lot of time on quotes. Yes. Uh, Like in my head, I already have like a huge list of them. So for you, for our Patreon listeners, we will go ahead and do a completely unedited version of that because it's going to be a long episode. Um, And we're going to have to cut some stuff out. So if you're on our Patreon, you can listen to the entire unedited. Um, And just so you know, when we record episodes, um, they end up being, you know, two hours long, two and a half hours long, at least two, two and a half hours. Yeah. And I have a feeling that one's going to be a little longer. So we'll give you a little extra uh, holiday cheer for our Patreon listeners. And a lot of our outtakes are funny and some of them are just us being really stupid. And for our UK listeners, I know when I lived over there, I got some pushback from UK friends who didn't want to watch the American version of the office. But when I finally forced them to, they loved it. They loved it. So give the American office a shot. And I can't think of better episodes to jump in with than the Christmas episodes because they knock every Christmas episode out of the park. Spoiler alert. But. They do. Are we going to rank them too against we each are. other? We are. Yeah. I, I already know, just so everybody knows, I already know there's going to be at least one disagreement. I do oh, too. Yeah. I'm sure this comes as a huge surprise to you, but Anthony and I are going to disagree on something. <laughs> <laughs> I have to just say, Anthony, I have so much fun doing this with you. Um, when we disagree, it's even more fun. Guys, I love you both. I really do. Y'all are going to help me through this through this difficult time. We really will help each other. Absolutely. Um, All right. So like Julia said earlier, we are not going to go away. We are going to still bring you an episode every week throughout all of 2018 and beyond. So for anyone fighting those Christmas blues, we'll be there to help you get through it just like we're going to be helping each other get through it so please keep listening and please continue to share us and rate and review us on itunes because every rating and review helps us helps newer listeners find us and yeah and well for our they, uh, for for the record just in complete transparency do we want to mention we got a two-star review since we, we can mention it yeah yeah, so to complete transparency, we got our second negative rating recently. Um, somebody on iTunes gave us two stars, but they didn't they only rated us, so we don't have know who gave it to us or they didn't leave any uh, constructive comment as to why they ranked us that low. So if you're listening, person who gave us two stars, you know, email us or message us on social media and let us know so we can you know, take, you know, constructive criticism is always welcome. Yeah. Feel free Um, to give us any feedback at all. And that's, what's the biggest bummer about this one. You know, our other negative one, we got some feedback. We know what they didn't like. And, you know, more than anything, it was a a matter of personalities. Um, And I've listened to podcasts where I just didn't click with the podcast hosts. And I know there are people who aren't going to click with us, Um, but it's always nice to know what people like and don't like. So we'd like, we'd like to hear from you on regardless of where you stand on that, how you feel about the podcast. Yeah. Reach out to us on social media. You should be following us on social media, but if you're not like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, follow our Reddit tis the podcast. Um, and visit our website too. We want to push traffic, push people to our website. It's a cool website. It's www.tispodcast.com. And yeah. Please keep listening to us throughout all of 2018. We really love and appreciate you guys. Um, considering we've been at this for four months, we I think we're all really humbled by how quickly this podcast took off. I know I am. I am too. And uh, as we said, we're, we were going to be doing um, more content for our Patreon listeners. So um, if you are a Patreon listener, thank you for your support. You'll be getting more stuff. For those of you who aren't, we still have a few stickers left that are up for grabs. If you want to um, uh, become our become our patrons, we'll you get um, cards and stickers and all sorts of fun stuff from us throughout the year. 
Um, we've got some fun stuff in the hopper that we're going to design and make next year as well. Anthony has a few ideas. So help us make those a reality and you don't want to miss out on what we've got coming up. So be sure to like us or to uh, support us on Patreon. And Julia, you've got it some news for us. That's not, a, that's not as cheery as it has been, right? Yeah. I mean, it, we have to say it, but we do know this number is just going to get smaller, right? <sighs> Okay, everybody, deep breath. Only 358 days till Christmas. We're out of the 360s. That went by like that. (laughs) So, happy new year, guys, and may it be shiny, too. And much better. Bells ring out, everyone will shout, Happy New Year!